What does it mean to be backed by Morse? It means you get the vehicle you want. And now, with new inventory arriving daily, getting the vehicle you want is easier than ever. Every Ed Morse lot is stocked. And if you can't find the vehicle you're looking for, the helpful Ed Morse team will track it down for you. Or they'll be with you every step of the way to pre-order your new vehicle and customize it just the way you like it. When it came to their tagline, the Ed Morse Automotive Group could have said anything, but they went with Backed by Morse. They want their customers to know that when they buy from Ed Morse, they are backed by Ed Morse. New vehicles are backed by Morse with a price protection promise, and all used vehicles are backed by Morse with thorough inspections and warranties. Even your service is backed by Morse with the price match guarantee. So make this year the year you get backed by Morse. Shop an amazing selection of vehicles all backed by Morse. Find a location nearest you and go to edmorse.com today. But remember, you're only backed by Morse when you buy from Morse. It's a new era, games fans. Welcome to the journey back to the top. It's touchdown, Miami. This is the Force Up Podcast. Here's Marsh and Jordan. They're making it look easy. What up, what up, what up, Canes fans? It is the Fours Up Podcast. It is Thursday, May 26th. I am joined by Jordan, and right from the jump, we are joined by Gabby Urutia. Jordan, Gabby, hello. What's up, guys? Gabby, welcome. Anytime. Awesome, awesome. How you guys been doing, Gabby? Um, I know we were, uh, you and I are pretty depressed right now because of the heat, but other than that, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, man. Uh, definitely can't complain. A lot of exciting things going on. You know, in my life personally and I mean professionally too, I guess. So, you know, definitely no complaints over here, man. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Just enjoy bro, I'm I'm in Florida right now, just enjoying the homeland. It's it already feels like summer. It's about a hundred oh, yeah. degrees in this place. Yeah, it uh I'm over here in Salt Lake still, as always. It finally hit eighty five for the first time this year. Wow. So it's been 85 since like January 2nd over there. So it's uh, uh dude, welcome, welcome to the squad. I wore a black t shirt outside and I felt like an ice cube. I was just melting, bro. Okay, so last Saturday night, I made the, the decision to drive all like all the way from Mississippi to Florida throughout the night, and halfway through the drive, my AC broke. Ooh. So I, when I stepped out of that car, when I finally got to Hollywood, I looked like I had just gone swimming. It was disgusting. Yeah. But I think, hey, the, I think the furthest drive I did with AC was to Orlando. And that bro, was just horrendous. Bro, I did like, it's just like swamps from here to Orlando. Yeah. I didn't know that. Brutal. Dude, so Marsh, you've driven to LA, right? Oh, that's, a, that's a bad one. <laughs> yeah, so you know that stretch between like Victorville and Las Vegas that's just desolate there's nothing i uh i did that one summer and my ac kicked out like in that desert because it was like 108 degrees or something oh my gosh oh felt Ugh. like i was dying it's all it's i all. couldn't tell if it was hotter with the windows down or up <laughs> like that's how bad it was yeah dude, i was sweating my ass off but okay yeah. it's been a crazy 24 hours for canes fans it so last night it was official that Alonzo Highsmith would be coming back to Miami. He'd be leaving the Seattle Seahawks to, to come to Miami. I'm not th- Gabby. This is my first question for you. What, what's his role? Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, just kind of reading the, the press release from Miami, it sounds like he's going to have, it sounds like he's going to wear a few hats between being like, you know, obviously uh, 
no, a, a liaison between, I guess, like the alumni and, uh, you know, the university, um, obviously being, I think just, you know, just kind of like an evaluator for them, the current roster, maybe the, you know, the high school kids that they're looking at. I mean, just another set of eyes. Um, you know, I think he's going to do, I think he's going to, again, just kind of be a sort of like the middle, like, you know, the program and the athletics department. Um, you know, he's, I guess the title is officially a general manager of football operations. So, uh, I mean, I can only imagine all the different things that he's probably going to have to do within that title. Um, but, you know, it, it's I think really ultimately, I think it's just one of those things where just kind of get him in the room, get him in the building. Yeah. Really a guy you want on your side. So I think that's a big win for Miami. And, uh, you know, I know this is something that's been in the works for for quite some time. I think this might be the worst kept secret of the Mario <laughs> Cristobal era so far for for, yeah. for for something that's just been so sort of tight knit and 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 sealed up. I think the Alonzo Highsmith. Uh, pursuit or him joining the program was probably you know the thing that was like the worst you know I kept <laughs> up yeah so okay. i have i have a two felt like that was gonna happen right like we all felt like i mean this is a move that has really been two years in the making if right. we're being completely honest yeah i mean i just know i mean on our and like on my end like i mean of course we started hearing the whispers of this you know even back at pro day and stuff like that, where, you know, Hey, maybe once he's done with, uh, you know, all the draft stuff with, uh, you know, the Seahawks that, you know, he'll make that move that, you know, maybe that Seattle had asked them to just, you know, kind of finish up, tidy up everything that they were doing, you know, in that year prior to sort of get ready for this NFL draft, obviously the draft finished up a few weeks ago. And, uh, yep. you know, so I think like a matter of time, you know, especially with Mario Cristobal being here. So I have, I have a two-part question for you. Um, so first, um, do you think that this will be, um, I guess, a turning point for the broader college football, like Power 5 programs or even blue-chip programs, in the way that it's managed? Do you think this could be the type of trend-setting thing that, that Miami was known for back in its heyday? Uh, will it revolutionize the way these programs run? Um, and then the second part of my question is how much, how much does the Mario era have to do with this? You know, because we heard whispers about this when Manny Diaz was here. Um, but if you could just go into depth on, on what Mario coming to Miami meant for Alonzo coming to Miami. Yeah. Maybe to answer your first, the first part of your question. I mean, I really feel like, you know, for certain programs, I feel like this could be something that maybe people have done in the past in terms of getting like, you know, the NFL execs and like that to be a part of it and to run it more like an organization, right? It feels like Miami is now being more run, run more like an organization than maybe, you know, your, your cookie cutter uh, college football head coach who's, you know, the ultimate decision maker, which Mario Cristobal, I'm sure he is. But, uh, you know, you definitely have a, a much wider recruiting operation. And, you know, obviously, again, a long, long time NFL type with Alonzo Highsmith, who obviously has great ties to the program. So, I mean, this is, you know, something that, you know, maybe changes the way college football, college programs maybe view these types of stuff moving forward. But, you know, I think you look at all the you know, athletic programs, recruiting operations at Georgia, uh, Alabama, Texas. I mean, these guys all have, you know, just a, a bunch. It's just bigger. It's just grander. It's just it really ultimately it's just better. Um, and I think Miami was kind of behind 
on that in the past in terms of just like really how seriously they were taking, you know, maybe even just the personnel that were in that, you know, were just were in Coral Gables, the guys that were just there. And I think, you know, adding a guy like Alonzo Highsmith again, and really just his background, I mean, you strip away the name, just like his accolades alone, his resume alone, I think shows that, you know, they're they're ready to compete, you know, in big time college football. And, um, you know, to answer the second part with Mario Cristobal and how much this had, I think it had a lot to do with it. I mean, I think you saw his daughter tweet out today that, you know, this is something that's always been a, a dream of his. Uh, maybe it's something that might have happened sooner, you know, if the situation was right. But, uh, you know, you have to feel something that Alonzo always, like, really all wanted to do. Mario Cristobal is obviously, you know, has been, you know, at least since he's gotten here, you know, very much about, you know, like the culture of Miami, about shifting the culture and, you know, about doing things the right way. And then, you know, Mario uh, Alonzo Highsmith, is one of the, you know, the trailblazers of, you know, making that happen at Miami back in its day. And I think he's all about adding people. Um, I think he values people, um, you know, extremely highly. And again, it's not always about, you know, whatever the money is or the situation is. I just think he puts a, a premium on quality people. And I think Alonzo Highsmith checks a lot of boxes in terms of, uh, you know, being a quality person who adds a lot to the program. And, you know, the added bonus that he is an alum who, you know, won a couple of national ch- titles here, uh, was drafted and, uh, you know, just really has deep ties to the program. So another question I had, like with this $100 million football facility that the program is uh, planning to invest in, when, you know, when do you think that we'll start to see progress made on that? I don't really know. I don't really have a timeline for that. I mean, I don't really know a timeline. I'm not sure they really have a timeline for that. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think a lot, I think it's pretty well known at this point that, you know, uh, you know, the, the locker rooms being renovated, the weight rooms being renovated. I think that's probably the priority right now. Um, I know getting this, like, you know, big time football factory or facility that they want to get going. I think that that's something that's, you know, coming up, you know, maybe something in short term. Maybe we're talking about, you know, groundbreaking and. I don't know, let's say a year or so. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that's something that they definitely want to prioritize right now. They definitely want to get done, but I think there's still a few leaps and and hurdles before they get to that point. Okay. Okay. So moving into some recruiting, I want to ask you, because I listen to your guys' podcast every week. Um, Check out him and and David Lake. How annoyed are you about getting asked when Ruben Bain and Jalen Brown are going to (laughs) commit? I mean, you know, it's, it's a, I feel like it's a fair question and, you know, in what I do. And it's something that I think we've talked about a lot. So, I mean, I understand people wanting to, you know, kind of see one of these big, you know, dominoes fall. I think, uh, you know, Ruben Bain and, and Jalen Brown are two guys that I think, uh, you know, Miami fan, Miami has been linked to a lot. Uh, Miami fans have known about for a long time. And, uh, honestly, two guys, I think they're in a really good position with, but, uh, (laughs) You know, these, I mean, these guys are taking their I guess. And, you know, yeah, the questions definitely pile up. But, uh, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. I mean, not much we can do there. Well, there goes my next question. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, you know, we saw a little bit of Mario's impact on recruiting at the end of that cycle right after he was hired. Yeah. Um, how is it different right now on the trail? Uh, you know, because we were what, uh, six months away from early signing day. What is it? How is it different at this point in a recruiting cycle, having Mario at the helm compared to Manny Diaz last year? Yeah. I mean, I just think that they've positioned themselves well with a lot of these top guys, you know, and I think it's really, 
I really think it's that uh, I really just think that there's a mentality shift that I think is, honestly might still be sort of happening, you know, in Coral Gables. You know, a lot of these new guys that came in, um, you know, I think that they're just bringing some different juice. And I think uh, a part of I mean, I guess just to answer that question and, you know, um, you know, it, it's different because they're just being relentless in their pursuit of some of these elite guys. Whereas I think, uh, you know, Miami would have seen who else the competition was with some of these guys and be like, okay, we're probably not going to compete with, you know, Clemson and Notre Dame here for a, an elite, you know, tackle like Monroe Freeling, for example. Like maybe it's time we pull away and start trying to find, you know, our plan B, plan C option. While Miami's just like, okay, no, we're going to go get this guy. I mean, Alaus Allen up from Connecticut, the, the guy that's from Finland. I mean, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, Miami, those are his four official visits. Like, <laughs> Miami's going to stay in those recruitments. I mean, they're not backing away um, from those recruitments. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's what I think the big difference maker here is. Are they going to win those right now? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But I think they're, they're setting the foundation that, you know, this, these are the types of players that they're going to go after. And, you know, even just talking with some people in Coral Gables, you know, some, you know, new regiment people, um, you know, there, there's, a men, there's a mentality that they're just trying to completely eradicate. And that's that Miami isn't one of these big time programs, you know, like um, just like, for example, like, you know, a kid from a kid locally will like they like they basically they're basically combating that, you know, when they get a Miami offer, it's like, OK, I have a Miami offer. So what's next? And they're trying to yeah. make it like Miami is the biggest offer we're going to get. And for them to, and for, to get these kids to maybe value the Miami offer the way that they value a Clemson offer or a Georgia offer, or an Alabama offer like Miami's trying to, you know, just kind of get rid of that mentality around here. It starts with winning. So, you know, yeah. I think once that gets going, I think it'll be a lot easier for them. But, uh, you know, right now. Uh, you know, all they got to do is just kind of just keep sticking in these recruiting battles. They're doing it with relentless effort. And really, I think that that's what's putting them in position to to be successful even now. Yeah, I, I don't want to uh, soapbox too hard while we have you because <laughs> your time's valuable. But I mean, what you said just kind of strikes a chord with me in the sense that, you know, we we have been that secondary tier in my opinion, because we've done that to ourselves, you know, how long have we been saying, Oh, we don't have the money for that. You know, we can't spend like that. We can't do that. Like Miami as a program relegated itself underneath the blue chip programs. And I'm, I am just so happy that uh, everything seems to be aligned that we are taking ourselves serious again. You know, like Miami does belong as a blue chip program it has the history to back it up. It has the success. It has everything. Um, and now it has the attitude. So hopefully we can seamlessly rebuild that, that, you know, aura around the program. Um, but really we have no one to look at, but ourselves <laughs> in letting it slip away. Hey, well, but it's, a, it's, Oh God, uh, it's a new day, bro. It's a new day. Um, okay. Yeah. Gabby, two guys that I know Canes fans are going to want to know first, Hakeem Williams. Uh, I know that like you're probably you've been writing tons of articles on him. I feel like he is kind of the center of the spotlight. Like the last like month or two, he just got, you know, his fifth star. A&M is obviously looking really good with him. Do you think it's for, for the most part, do you think, you know, it's a pretty long shot for Miami at this point? I mean, I think it's too close to, I mean, I just think it's too soon to make any like, grand declarations like that because i think we've seen how recruitments have shifted right like 
I always try. I mean, I'm relatively new to this game. And, you know, I feel like this past December, January was honestly kind of eye opening for me because I think that was really the first time I was able to experience that in like a quote unquote, uh, you know, regular recruiting cycle. And, you know, things really get like things really get down to the nitty gritty when it's time for pen to meet paper. Right. Like I feel like now it's all fun and games and all that stuff. And, you know, people could say whatever they want. And really, I mean, nothing's official until, you know, mid-December. So I just think there's so much time between now and then. And, you know, right now, yeah, maybe I'm not feeling super great about where Miami stands with Hakeem Williams. But, I mean, who's to, like, what, what, is, what, is, what, are, what do things look like in December, you know, when it's really t- time to decide, hey, I'm going to leave home. Uh, he's a mama's boy, you know. Like, he's, uh, you know, his mom and him went to multiple Miami games last year. I think they were at five games last year. Um, you know, I think staying home is – is something that, you know, might be pretty enticing, you know, when the time comes to really make the decision, like, hey, what am I going to do next? And um, let's say Miami has a 9-10 win season and, you know, they're playing for an ACC championship game. I mean, is that going to be an opportunity for Miami to come back in here and, and make a move? Like, yeah, I mean, again, today, uh, May 25th or whatever it is, um, you know, sure. Yeah, I'm not feeling super great about where Miami stands right now with Hakeem Williams. Texas A&M, probably the team to beat, uh, you know, definitely others in the mix there, but... I mean, I, I, I'm not forgetting about, you know, how how quickly things happen. I mean, we saw with Tri- with, with the Trevante Citizen. I mean, yeah. uh, he swooped in there insanely quick and made it happen. You know, like, I think this staff is capable of closing. Mario Cristobal is known as an elite closer. Um, he's already proved that in orange and green, man. And, uh, you know, with what he did this past early signing period and even on National Signing Day. So, um, you know, I'm not ruling these guys out for anyone. And I think with time and, you know, with the, uh, you know, when we actually allow this process to play out, you know, hopefully they have a nice season with all these transfers that they added and everyone's sort of healthy and back. And, you know, I'm re- I'm not ready to rule them out for anyone. Okay. So the second guy, it sounds like Miami is, might have a better shot at uh, Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph. How confident are you that we can flip him from Clemson? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident on that right now. Again, like not like crystal ball confident or anything like that. Because oh, okay. it, it, it is uh, it is Clemson. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to do their part. I think he's going to get back up there sometime here in early June for his official visit. Um, again, I, I, Miami's been chipping away there for, for some time. And it, really, I think Miami was kind of his dream school growing up. His whole family's Miami fans. I think he really wanted to give Miami a chance first, but it didn't seem like there was a ton of interest reciprocated, you know, from that previous staff. Um, with this new staff, since Mario Cristobal arrived, it's been just complete 180. You know, they've gone all in on Nathaniel Joseph and, uh, it seems like he's someone that they really want. And again, when he, him feeling that love from his hometown team, the, the team he wanted, you know, that love from originally, um, you know, who's to say that first commitment wouldn't have been to Miami if, you know, they really would have, you know, put pedal to the metal there, um, you know, while he was, a, let's say, a sophomore and maybe early in his junior year. So, um, you know, I like where Miami stands there. I think we just kind of got to give that one a little bit of time. How how realistic do you think uh, wide receiver class this is for Miami? Uh, Robbie Washington, Jalen Brown, Ray Ray, and then maybe adding, uh, you know, bringing back an Andy Jean and, and, and with those four guys. I mean, I think that that would be, again, I, they still want, you know, Hakeem Williams, Brandon Williams, uh, Brandon Innes. But, I mean, I think those four, I think, is the most realistic um, you know, I think in, in, the, in the sense of realistic and like perfect, I think that's a huge win for Miami. Like, I think that's exactly what they want. I think if right now they were drawing it up, like, hey, like, what can we realistically make happen? Plus, what would we really want to happen? I think that that's the four 
that they would sort of want to roll with, you know, just because, I mean, those, those are four electric playmakers. I mean, you got the, you know, the big time vertical speed with Jalen Brown. Robbie Washington is just a big time playmaker. Nathaniel Joseph is one of those guys too. And Andy Jean is, you know, the college feedback on Andy Jean and, you know, just kind of like, I think what we're sort of starting to grasp about him, I think is, I think is really positive. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think we have him right now as an 87 on two, four, seven. I could see, I could see him getting, you know, potentially closer to that four star bump just because, uh, you know, I think he's someone that could end up being a really, really good player. And I know people in Coral Gables think he's, he's awesome. So, you know, yeah, I know that they value him really, really highly. So I'm going to ask you um, about a few guys kind of rapid fire on a scale from one to 10, how confident you think Miami can, um, can land them. First one is Madden Sanker offensive lineman from Georgia. One to 10, you said? Yeah. Um, I would put that maybe like a six. Okay. Okay. I'm a big fan of him, bro. Yeah. I, I am a Madden huge Sanker's fan of him. I like the athletic profile, you know, the athletic background. I think he's like a two time state champion wrestler. Uh, so definitely understands leverage as an interior guy. And I think he's, uh, you know, I've seen, you know, just kind of seeing him in, in person, you know, after that Miami unofficial visit this spring. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can definitely sign me up for some Madden Sanker for sure. Okay. All right. Next guy, um, Damari Brown. Damari Brown. Uh, I'd probably go something similar. I don't want to like lean on this six. I feel like that's so cheap, but uh, I would probably <laughs> go, let's go seven. I mean, just for the sake of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Miami, yeah, legacy, why the hell, why the hell uh, not? Big, big time. Yeah, exactly. Big time need at a position, um, local, um, you know, obviously a school Miami needs to sort of crack the code to get into. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, they got him back on campus on Wednesday, which I think was a really big deal. Um, I think his dad might've been there too. I don't know. But, um, you know, I think that that that's one guy that, you know, I think Jamel day really needs to land. Okay. Um, Payne Kirkland. I know that this guy has been up and down so far in his recruitment. He, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this guy. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I think the last, the last time I talked to him right before he left Miami, um, you know, he told me that I think the quote was like, it's hard to imagine myself anywhere else. And uh, I mean, obviously I, I feel like I sold that a little bit, you know, kind of threw that as like the headliner or whatever to get the juices flowing. But yeah, you know, um, I think, you know, Miami really, really likes him, you know, definitely a guy Miami wants. I think probably the most notable thing there in favor of Miami is they're getting that final official visit ahead of that July 23rd commitment date. So, um, you know, I think that, I think that's positive. I mean, I think that's a potential, you know, I think that's, I think Miami's sitting in a really good spot there. I'd probably go seven there for Peyton Kirkland. Okay. Last two guys for this is Malik Bryan. And I, I don't, I think I'm saying this guy's name, right. Uh, Jonel uh, Aguero. Yeah. Um, Malik Bryant. Huh? I'd probably go four there. Um, you know, I think Miami needs some help at linebacker. Um, I don't know. He, he's, he's an interesting one because obviously a guy that's been in, that's sort of, sort of made headlines for a few years after, you know, had a big freshman year, um, had a big sophomore year at IMG Academy where he started, but then he kind of never really grew that much. So I think, um, you know, I, I, there's, I think he's obviously a big time linebacker prospect, um, but I think there's still, I think there's still a lot. I, I don't know. I think that people still want to see a little bit more from him. Um, I'd probably put him at like a four, uh, depending on Bama's evaluation of him that could potentially increase. Cause that's who I view as probably the main competition mm-hmm. right now. And what about Aguero? Oh, Aguero, you know, what? I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like weirdly. Okay. Uh, maybe that's probably not a great thing for me. I mean, again, you got to think about <laughs> the school sort of in the mix there, Ohio state, uh, Georgia, 
I mean, LSU, I mean, all those schools that just churn out top DBs. Um, but, you know, he, he I remember June 1st last year, first day of in-person recruiting, you know, where Miami held that cookout. Janelle Guerrero was like the only like junior at Miami at that time. So he was one of the first people through the door. You know, once in-person recruiting opens up, he could have been anywhere in the country. He was at Miami, um, you know, and then I know with uh, with Jamal Day here now, you know, he was recruiting him at Georgia. So they have a really good relationship. Um, you know, he really enjoyed his last unofficial visit here. I mean, he told me Miami would get one of those five official visits whenever he does them. I would assume that probably comes in the fall. But, um, you know, I, I kind of know, I just have like a weird feeling about that, uh, like positively. Um, okay. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go six there. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. My last, my last question for you, Gab. Um, okay. So the, uh, summer camps start next week. Um, talk, talk a little bit about that. You know, some of the big names that are going to be there and, um, also tell the people where to find your content. Yeah. I mean, summer camps are going to be big. I mean, we're talking about, um, Hakeem Williams, uh, that first seven on seven, uh, week, uh, I guess day that Miami's doing, I believe it's June 4th. So I guess not this coming Saturday, but the Saturday after I believe Stranahan is going to be one of those teams that are competing in that seven on seven tournament. So, I mean, Hakeem Williams, if he's not on a visit somewhere else could potentially be, you know, performing in front of Miami staff, you know, in, in, in that sort of event. So I think that that could be interesting. So, you know, it's, um, I mean, these camps are important. Last year during COVID, you know, coaches were able to do like private, you know, workout sessions with prospects on non-camp days. Uh, I actually got, you know, just kind of learned a few days ago, I guess, that that's no longer a thing. So those private workouts that they put guys through, you know, last summer that we were sort of reporting on, um, they, those have to happen on camp days. So that makes, you know, I think it's June 3rd, June 4th. I have to go through like the, the dates, but whatever. If you would look up Miami's camp dates, uh, whenever those are, and if you see youth camp and all that stuff, specialist camp, you know, that can be that too. But those are also the times where Miami can bring in guys and have them work out for them privately. So uh, a lot more that meets the eye when you see those dates. And those are definitely huge, huge, huge dates for, for that staff in terms of, you know, making, you know, in-person evaluations on their campus. All right. Perfect. Gabby, or uh, Jordan, you got any more questions? Yeah. So I, I have one last question for you. Um, <clears throat> So your, you know, your job revolves around being up close and personal with the program. Um, from what we've done since we, you know, started down this Dan Radakovich, Mario Cristobal uh, rabbit hole, you know, it, it, in the best way. Um, do you think that, like, realistically speaking, are we setting ourselves up for a potential title run as soon as five years? Do you, th- do you think like, are we building that type of infrastructure or do you think that that might be a little optimistic? I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's too optimistic. You know, I think that that's something that should be, I think when you make a move like this and you make the moves that they're making, like they're not doing that to be, you know, ACC contenders. I mean, I think if you ask anyone, again, you ask anyone in that building, I mean, the goal is to win a national championship. So I think it's fair to, you know, to have those expectations as fans, because I think those are the expectations that Mario Cristobal is putting out there for his program publicly. I think that that's his goal. He wants to win championships here at Miami. He thinks he can build Miami into a national contender. And, you know, he won, uh, he won one here. He saw how it was done before. I think he believes he can do it again. So, you know, I can definitely see Miami. I mean, again, things have to go well this isn't just a snap your fingers and you know miami's miami again but uh you know i think yeah. with the moves that they're making um these, these are moves that you make if you want to again if you want to be it, it shows if you want to be a serious college football contender or, or not right because there's, there's certain ways sure. you have, 
and you yep. know it starts with the facilities now and the and you know the upgrades that they're trying to make and make it state of the art and uh, you know the best of the best or whatever it is a hundred million dollars whatever it is they say they're they're going to do you know those are moves that you make because you want to attract the best talent in, in in the country right when you go on the when you take kids on these official or unofficial visits you want to show them something. That's basically like you are going to have absolutely everything that you could possibly need as a football player at your disposal. I mean, really, ultimately, that's what it's for. You you need to sell these kids on why Miami, why they should go to Miami over Alabama, over Texas A&M, over Georgia. Because really, if you want to win a national title, that's who you need to get these guys over, right? You need to win those types of recruiting battles because those are the, that's the goal of those programs as well. So when you make these types of moves, when you invest in a, in a program the way that they have, I mean, I think these guys would be the first to tell you, you know, five years, you know, they should be competing for a national title. And I think as fans, I think it's fair to hold them to those expectations and, to, you know, really just expect that because, uh, you know, I think that's what the point of all this was. Cool. Perfect. All right. Okay. Good as always, man. Thank you so much, Gabby. Anytime guys. Absolutely. And, uh, Let's get lunch or dinner tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it. Hit me up, man. I'm here. All right, brother. Okay. All right. We will talk to you later, man. Thanks, man. All right. Well, uh, man, awesome. Always love talking to Gabby. Uh, Let's pay some bills real quick. Let's do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Boom. Boom. And if I were you, I would bet on the Celtics tomorrow night. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I called Celtics in six. Bro, I don't don't, don't know what the hell happened, man. I I don't get it. Like... Yeah, it's just like our team. Sorry, I got a piece of I got a piece of hair stuck in my mouth. But I like the way that like our offense is. It's just not sustainable, man. Yeah, that's why even after game three, uh, you know, Mike and I have been just talking hoops on Twitter, aka aka hating on the Heat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, bastards. I I didn't want it to come off that way, you know, like. Uh, we're doing it for Heat fans, but the the problem is, is like even after Game Three, Heat are up two one, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like every indicator kind of points towards the Celtics, and the you're. I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head. The Heat offense this playoffs has been unsustainable. The further they go, and it's because you know Jimmy was playing at an incredibly high level, one of the four best players in the playoffs. But the problem is, is you never know. You never knew who was going to be the next guy on any given night, and you just like that works in the first round. It can work in the second round, but it doesn't work in the third or fourth round. Bro, like just the last two nights, the lack of offense is 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 shocking. It like to score one point through the first nine minutes of game four. And then last night, you you're lucky to crack 80 points I, yeah. like and you're up by I can't remember how much we were up at half. I think we we're up by two at half. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you blink and the Celtics have a 17 point lead. Yeah. I think Jimmy's hobbled, which which is another I, issue, you know, yeah. like like he, he shot some shots, uh, especially in the third quarter yesterday. Yeah. Like he shot like two straight air balls. I'm like that. 
Yeah. That does not look like Jimmy. Yeah, his his knees messed up, but I mean that's that's the problem of not having a reliable number two is like look at what Jalen Brown has done when Tatum struggles. You know? Yeah. Tatum's shoulder has been banged up. Jalen Brown scores twenty five a night. And uh that's that's what the Heat are missing. You know, that that really is and I love Bam. I think he's a fantastic player. But like I love Bam some nights. <laughs> yeah, like he just he has the talent to be that guy. That's what's so frustrating. I get why you guys are frustrated with him because he's that talented. He really is. But it's like I mean, look at what he did. look at what he look at what he, I mean. Obviously, Williams was out uh, game three, and he does such a tremendous job defending him. But yeah, um, look at what Bam was able to do game three offensively. Just sure. like, <sighs> it's, it wasn't surprising, and that's the thing is it's like no, that's that's Bam. Like he's. He's one of these freak athletes that's super long. He can initiate the offense. He can guard any position. He can score from all three levels. But it's like, dude, you know. What like, the hell? Where is it? <laughs> you know? Like, well, last night, I was, I, I like, I, I think last night was, I, that was one of the most frustrating games I have watched in a very long time for the Heat. Just because, uh-huh. like, you hear the crowd, like, urging Bam to go to the rim and do, and be aggressive. And like we just couldn't do anything, and just like the the sloppiness and the turnovers, it was yeah. just like. Dude. And, we, and the thing is, like it, the Celtics, like they were missing free throws in the first half, and like they were not shooting well offensively either in the first half. It's like yeah. we had this, we had these chances to like make a run and, and you know uh, build a lead, and I just wasted it. Well, you know, Jimmy has spent the whole time that they've been there together. Jimmy has been gassing up Bam, which I think has been a great thing, right? How do you think Jimmy's going to handle Bam's passiveness? Like, do you like? Do you think he's going to give up on Bam, or is he going to give him another chance? Because this really has been like, look at Jimmy's history of dealing with guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew oh. Wiggins and Ben Simmons, and Bam has avoided Jimmy's wrath <laughs> thus far. But I mean, like you said, you know, there's it's just like Bam, what are you doing, bro? Like. Go to the hoop. Score some points. Come on, we're paying you a lot, a lot of money. Yep. Yeah, so. that was frustrating. I, I think it ends tomorrow night, um, yeah. which sucks. I mean, great run by the Heat if this is if this is where it ends. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got like a month of extra basketball than I did, so good for you. Yeah, and but like the thing is like the like this has been one of the worst Eastern Conference finals I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, I mean, I compared it when, when Mike and I were talking, I compared it to the, if you watch the Grizzlies and Timberwolves round one matchup, well, like the Timberwolves would be up every game and, and like they really had no business losing any of those games and the Grizzlies somehow won. That's what the first three games were to me. I was just like, how is Boston not winning this game? Like the series easily could have been, a sweep or five games. Um, it was just Jimmy kind of being a superhero in game one. And then, you know, the heat defense, like, you know, they built that lead in game three and then the heat defense really did lock down the Celtics like that. That was just a really impressive team game, but uh, just a weird series, man, just a weird series. Yeah. I mean, just like how horrible like Brown and Tatum were in, in the first half yesterday. And then they, I think they combined for like 37 points in the second half yesterday. Yep. yep. 
but oh man like i i just i like we were watching with some friends and i just i i had to like once the once the celtics like got up 15 i was like all right i'm walking home like forget this shit i'm done (laughs) yeah it's and it was so crazy because i was still so happy that uh alonzo highsmith was come back to my it was just a very roller coaster night for a miami sports fan yeah, it's uh, dude, our sports the worst. Like, I sports love, are the worst, them, but they're the like, worst. Why do I do this to myself? Exactly. I mean, I I think that all the time. It's like I swore off the Jazz after they lost. I was just like, this is an unserious franchise, you know? Like, like they don't care. Why do I care? Because they don't care. And then here I am in the trade machine up at. I'm up at two a.m. on the trade machine, like trying to figure out how I can make the roster better. And make all the salaries work in the rules. <laughs> bro, <laughs> and I'm like, like, I got it. I got to put this on Twitter. I got to figure it out. I fixed bro, that, them. It sounds like some like I like what I would be doing when Manny was still the coach, and I was yeah. like figuring out like, okay, we could hire yeah. this guy, and like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a good transfer portal player. Like, look at this. <laughs> yeah. I have hope. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you have a, a hot sheet of cornerback coaches that you know. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i hate sports i love i I really really hate like how the hell do you score 80 points at home i don't know man like duncan max Struess, like like jimmy oh good god and how did tyler hero hurt his groin scoring 10 points a game bro his outfit pissed me off last night what was it? I didn't see it. He just looked like he was going, like, walking the red carpet or, like, he was, yeah. like, chilling on South Beach. I'm like, you bastard. Yeah. But whatever. That's fine. He, yeah. he sucks anyway. <laughs> you think but, he's on the heat next year? I don't I, – I, I say yeah. Okay. I'd say so. I mean, Duncan, I don't know. I mean, I don't see any reason – it's not like you get rid of Tyler Hero, but I just mean, like, will he be used to upgrade – the roster because honestly the kyle lowry contract is horrible the duncan robinson contract is horrible the lowry contract is so bad you you kind of have to give up a tyler hero type player to get away from those contracts you know what i mean like you don't just get rid of them i mean there are times and, and actually pat riley has proven himself to be very good at getting away from bad deals Mm-hmm. Um, he gives them out more than people would think, but he's also good at getting away from them. So maybe he can unload those two without trading Tyler Hero. Maybe he'll find the right partner. But for most teams, it's like you don't get rid of Duncan unless Hero is in the deal. Yeah. And you certainly don't get a better player than Tyler Hero back in return, you know? Yeah. It's just a, it, it's been a very telling, um, series and like playoffs honestly yeah. like so, the fact that they would like the fact that they've been able to push the eastern conference finals to six games is pretty remarkable yeah um, given how like just inconsistent anybody on the team is yeah but I'm, credit to spolstra man dude spolstra and riley is the best infrastructure in the nba yes by far you know? not yeah, yeah. agree i i mean you guys are lucky i'm jealous honestly um, way better than Quinn Snyder and Danny Ainge. <laughs> I get the chills just speaking his name. Quinn Snyder looks the like Voldemort of basketball. 
bro, Quinn Snyder looks like he just like should be like railing like a line of coke in like a yeah. in a New York City speakeasy. <laughs> yeah, bro, Quinn, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder looks like the kind of guy that would make mob hits. Yeah, or uh, I mean, a speakeasy or off of a trash can lid in a dark alley. Yeah, you know? <laughs> just <laughs> whatever it is, it involves cocaine and a lot of it. Um, his hair is just all messy just like yeah. there's no way like, he, look, like he has a twitch when he gets mad it's like his eye twitches it's just like bro Quinn there's no way you have not been up for two and a half days and just yeah. have a mountain of co- Colombian bandbags sitting in your, sitting <laughs> in your basement he's, he's like I imagine his work desk at home he just looks like Scarface just <laughs> just, just drawing up all these insane plays yeah um, um oh so last point about the heat that i wanted to make well we can keep talking about them but a point um i'm interested to see what they do this offseason because i think if they are realistic with themselves like the heat were the third best team in the east at best you know milwaukee was hobbled and they took boston to seven so i think they should you know, I'm interested to see what they do when they go back to the drawing board and like, okay, on our best day, we were the third best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, whether that puts you at like fifth, sixth, seventh overall in the NBA, yeah. you know, where do we go to improve? Because you guys have so much money tied up in Lowry and Robinson. And, uh, you know, not a ton of assets. I mean, it's not <laughs> like I love guys like Gabe Vincent I love Gabe Vincent. Um, Max Struess, they're great players, but they're also not like these highly regarded trade chips. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying they don't have trade value, but I'm also saying that you can't. What could you like, actually hey, get for that? You know, Bradley Beal for Max Struess and Duncan Robinson. Like, that's not happening. I, you know, I this offseason would be the offseason for the Bradley Beal deal to finally happen. Yeah, and I think the Heat do need something like that. Yes. Um, I mean, because if you think about it, like we, like I mean, yeah, you got like guys like Vincent and and um, you know some other like Lowry and Tucker, but like for the most part, like this core has been together the last three seasons. Yeah. And I I feel like we've seen what they can like the like their ceiling, like incredible accomplishments. You know, they made it to the finals two years ago. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Like. But we, but now it's like, okay, like how do we take it to the next level where we are an actual like, con, like championship contender? Where even if we won this series, we'd get waxed by Golden State. Yeah, I mean, it looks that way. You never know until it happens. But, um, sure. but I agree that it looks that way. I, I would definitely predict Golden State over Miami. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the hardest thing in basketball, right? Like, yeah. A second round team is a really good team. It's one of the eight best teams in the league, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then to take the next left, the next level to a conference finals team, like that's top four. Yeah. And then like, so each of those levels I think is a lot harder to achieve than people think. Um, Durant, we're going to trade for Durant. It's that easy. Omer Yurtsevin and Duncan Robinson and a second round pick. Durant and old and, and Embiid are going to come to Miami. Yeah. It's, that's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Dude, the Embiid tweet last night was very interesting. 
Yes, yes. All these cryptic tweets, bro. Yeah, I mean, you never know if he's playing a hardball with Philly himself or if he means it. But I mean, I, w- I wouldn't blame him for wanting to get out of Philly. Yeah, there's zero percent chance that Bam and Embiid are teammates next year. I can promise you that. No, because no. if Jimmy and Embiid are teammates, that's one thing. But there's no way that they can trade for Embiid and keep Bam. We will get Bradley Beal and we'll get Embiid. We'll get rid of Bam somehow. I mean, do you want to give up Gabe Vincent, though? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing Heat fans. They see all these crazy trade ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the deal for Embiid, if it happens, would it? I'd, bro, I'd, I'd, book, I'd book them all on spirit flights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I, I said something like that after game four. Yeah. Or or someone tweeted out like book these bum asses on like Spirit flights home after game four. I'm like yeah, book them in the middle. Like book them middle seat Spirit Airlines yeah. red eye. Yeah, just give Bam his middle seat. And just be like hey, just just think about your game, Bam. Yeah, just want you to do some like, just do some reflection. How how do you how do your knees feel now? Yeah, how's your, right. How are your how's your back now? Sorry, the window seats are for guys who score more than ten points. <laughs> the window seat is taken, bam. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh God, um, bro. Another thing: why are the NBA game playoff games so late? I don't know. I can't do like, like I've only been back in Miami for like less than a week, but yeah, these nine o'clock tip-offs. Yeah. Well, it's for Californians, man, because it's they don't a, watch basketball. It's a five thirty tip off in L.A. Bro, Californians, why. unless the Lakers are in the playoffs, yeah, or I guess the Warriors are in the playoffs. But at least Southern Californians, they will not. They don't watch basketball. They're just they're up, they're, they're just surfing all the time. They really should though. Like the Eastern Conference, I really think you guys should do like seven thirty tip offs Eastern time. Yes, like that's much more reasonable. Yes, like please, like. But like, who cares about the West Coast? Like four thirty, like that's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Do like um, some other things. Uh, just barely, the Canes announced uh, the times for the first three games of the season. Yes, sir. Which is yay. Bethune Cookman is at three thirty. Southern Miss is at noon. <sighs> noon. <laughs> And uh, AM is nine o'clock Eastern. So yep. I'd be interested to see like if that game is going to be on call is going to be like the college game day game. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be that would I, be great. I'm already pondering what type of celebration I'm going to do. It's like, do I have chicken brought in? Do I go out to a restaurant? I don't know. Yeah, while while you're deciding like what you're ordering that day, just say a prayer for me because I have to withstand like a twelve hour tailgate in Texas in September. Yeah, dude, I've I've never been to a Canes tailgate. Never been to a Canes game. November. Uh, Yes. What What do I expect? Give me the rundown. So so it's funny because uh, when AB and I went to lunch the other day, um, we were we were discussing that. I don't know um, why we were, we uh, started talking about it. But we, were, we were like, "Yeah, Jordan's going to be at his first Canes game, um, you know, for the FSU game." I will give you my um, expectations, and then and then maybe I'll uh, tweet out a, like after we post this episode, I'll reply on the link and tell Canes fans to tell you what to think. Mm-hmm. Um, but. 
what to think. Especially for the FSU game, it's going to be you, – you have never seen anything like it. Um, it is going to be a lot of people, a lot of – I, you know, it's it. it you, so you're gonna have to see it for yourself. On the scale of like, if we're talking like somewhere between Sunday school and Stadium of Fire, where <laughs> where does it fit in? Stadium of Fire? No, you did not. I did. Oh hell! Or the <laughs> um, like it. it I don't even know. I don't even know how to respond to that because now I'm just. Was that the summer concert series? Uh, that was what they do on either July Fourth or Pioneer Day. I remember I saw Miley Cyrus before her uh, emotional breakdown. Uh, you know when she was still like Disney Channel star Miley Cyrus on yeah. July Fourth when she was pure at uh, you know BYU's football stadium. So you know it's BYU standards. And the Blue Man Group was there. Very <laughs> lively entertainment. And then a the concert series that they were doing Salt Lake. I like the amphitheater. So I can't remember. That, that's just what it was called. I'm pretty sure it was the summer concert series or okay. something like that. But yeah, I, I am. I, uh, I've, I've convinced myself to not go to the Alabama LSU game. I will come to the Miami FSU game. Yeah. So me, so like me and AB will 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 be your guides. Nice. Yeah, it's gonna. And I pray that FSU is doing well up to that point. If it's yeah. a top twenty-five matchup, oh, yeah. You think Mike Norval has it in him? <laughs> no. <laughs> and he whispers, "No." no. Do they play LSU week one? Oh. That's horrible. I, but I don't know how good LSU is going to be. Like, maybe LSU, yeah. maybe FSU pulls off the, the win. You know, choppity chop chop. Yeah. I'll tell uh, you what. Here, I want, I want, here's a question I want to ask. If LSU somehow loses that game, how strong is Brian Kelly's Southern accent in the post-game conference? <laughs> but if he wins. If he wins, I don't think he'll care. But if he loses... I think he's going to like, I need, I need these people to think that I'm family. <laughs> I, I just want to let LSU fans know we'll be back. Like this, uh, this isn't, this is not the, yeah. this, this is not the end game. He'll and pull then, out all the stops. If, if they lose that game, the post post game conference will be, uh, Dadgummit, I thought we had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be wearing the, uh, the Nick Saban straw hat thing. He'll pull out all the stops. Have a big glass of sweet tea with him. I was thinking about this when uh, we were talking to Gabby right before we record. We've been trying to do like top four, top five, like just to break up the monotony of like the sports. Yep. And I was thinking impromptu worst things about summer. Okay. One. Sweating. Yeah. I was going to say always being sweaty. I'm a sweater. I am always sweaty. Me too. And I don't think it's not as bad as in Utah, but good Lord, here in Florida, I like just walking to my car. No exaggeration. I'm sweating. I wouldn't survive because I have a lot of trouble even here in Utah. I start sweating about mid-May and I stop sweating about mid-October. <laughs> and it doesn't stop. I, I like I need to like get prescriptions like to stop sweating because I, yeah. I know there's something there, but it's like gone to a point where. At like it's like 
I have to like explain myself or it's just like, it's just awkward. Yep. <laughs> Cause I hate sweating. Yep. I'm just so okay. uncomfortable. I'm always moist. I'm so moist. <laughs> oh, that's the title of this episode is i'm moist. so no i'll just be moist. so moist i don't think we oh, can do i'm so moist so rich so moist marsh is so moist <laughs> bro because i was i was talking to gabby before we were we were recording and he was like bro like he was talking about those camps that he mentioned at the end yeah. of the, uh his interview and he was yeah. like bro you should come down to the camps and then, like, on one side of my mind, I'm like, yeah, like, that'd be so sick. Maybe I'll go. On the other part, I'm like, I've covered practices there where I was drenched. Yeah. Like, bet, dude. there is nowhere hotter than on Green Tree. I was a little sweaty. Sweary. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, it was, it was humid. I was humid. Yeah. Christmas morning, I was sweating my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't blame you. So, um, that's the... That's the the title so moist another thing that sucks about summer being an adult is summer is overrated when you're an adult oh yeah yep it's fall dude when when you're an adult fall's the best season yes 100 percent. 100 yes because like we're not out of school we have to work yep and you have every sport going on you have basketball baseball football not that anyone watches baseball anymore but but and but to add on to that, summer also sucks because like the NBA is about to end. Yep. There's nothing worse than summer baseball. Yeah. And it's nothing but recruiting. Ooh. And your social media is just flooded with hiking pictures. And like people judge you for not hiking out here in Utah. You know, it's like it's summer, do you want to go hiking? It's like, no, I don't want to go hiking. <laughs> Like, no. like why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to. Walk, I would love to to walk three yeah. miles yeah. uphill on dirt. Yeah, it's like it's it's a Tuesday. It's, so it's a fun, random guys. Tuesday at five yeah. p.m. I'm not going hiking. Why would like why like why would I want to stay in my basement and and play video games? Like why would I go want to just sit yeah. in air conditioning? That's such yeah. a great idea, guys. I know. And all my friends are super in shape, and I'm just like if I. Like oh. I can't, and it's don't overrated. Even, don't even. Like, and then it's like they're a half a mile ahead of me, yelling back. And was like, "Where are you at, Marshall?" I'm like, "I warned you about this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, just and all the people. Well, there's so many people, especially here in the summer. It's just like, what the Dude. hell? However, I don't know. My my wife doesn't listen to us, so I'm I'm fine. I have noticed <laughs> as the weather gets warmer. Every single restaurant I do, filled with beautiful women. Yeah. Like, that is a good thing about summer. I mean, you know, Utah has tons of beautiful women. We are just like... Utah has the most beautiful women in the country. Yeah. That's my experience, too, but I live here, so I'd sound biased. Um, Yeah, dude. It was like the sun came out and the babes came out. I went to, I went to pizza Limon. Have you ever been there? It's oh, definitely, hell yes. yeah, it's a chick restaurant, but it's delicious. I went there the other day and, uh, yeah, I was like, it was like 80% good looking women in the, in the restaurant. And then me <laughs> and my wife, yeah, but you're hotter than all of them. So. I only looked at my pizza because she was the most beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, I feel like back when we were kids, like, summertime men, like, good movies came out. Yep. 
I feel like a good movie hasn't been released in a long no. time. Now it's just like Captain America 7. Like, bro, that Thor looks awful. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was never a big Marvel movie guy to begin with. I, it's, I don't dislike them because they're superhero movies. I'm not one of those guys. But, like, I also don't like them because they're superhero movies, if that makes sense. I've never seen any of them. Well, like the last one. Marvel movie I saw the only Marvel movies I've seen were the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's and yeah. Iron Man Two. <laughs> That's the worst Iron Man. It sucked. Yeah, it you should horrible. watch Iron Man One though. If if you do watch one, watch the first Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. It's pretty good. Is he not in the second one? Or no, no, not Iron Man Two. I watched Thor Two. Oh yeah, that movie just I sucked. Didn't see the Iron that movie Man. was terrible. Yeah, no, watch Iron Man 1 if you decide to watch a, a movie. Or Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. That's really good. What was that? I heard that's a good movie. It is good. Good that's, soundtrack. Yep, for someone like you that hasn't watched a bunch, I'd be like, watch Iron Man 1 or watch Guardians of the Galaxy, and you'll enjoy them. Okay. I'd put my stamp on it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, basically, we just now we're in a three-month waiting period for football season. Yeah, three month waiting period through through hell. Yep, and just sweat, bro. I mean, I'm telling you, like when my AC went off in my car, try driving eight hours in Florida with no AC. No, <laughs> no, I don't. Tell you, tell you that much. No, I won't. I don't want to. Not gonna try it. And Central, bro, and Central Florida is just God's wasteland. There's just nothing there. Ugh. Is that an uglier drive or is like, I mean, you've done the Utah or like Salt Lake to St. George drive. Is it uglier driving through central Florida where it's all green? And I mean, what is it? Is it swampy? I don't know. I mean, I've been to Orlando, but a lot of trees, um, a lot of trees. Um, and then like a lot of, if you drive from or cause you can drive from like the Jacksonville route where you go on the Atlantic side and that way all the way down. Yeah. But uh, I took the, uh, like, Tampa, Orlando, okay. uh, Miami route. That route is, um, it, it's swampy. Um, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's is that awful. is that worse than, like, driving through LeVan and Beaver and, and uh, Fillmore? Fillmore, the chicken and fro. Next time you're in Fillmore, check out the chicken at the gas station. Really? That, I mean, it's it's okay. Like, it's Dude, not have you? I kid you not. This is a real restaurant, but in Beaver, Utah, there is a Mexican restaurant called Beaver Taco. Yes, I've yes, I've never been there, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, I I haven't eaten there either, but my parents say that the tacos are solid, and they sell T-shirts that say "I Heart Beaver" on it. It's pretty funny. Yep, I have one of those shirts. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the big that was the big thing in high school. Yeah, it was. I had a sticker. That, um, the inside of my locker is that I heard Beaver. You know, you're okay. like one of the elites in Utah. Yeah. You know, I not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, that, but I, I'd say I've done that, that Salt Lake to St. George drive hundreds of times, dude. Yeah. Like literally, like when I was in high school, like we would go to St. George, I swear to God, every weekend. Yep. But I, I, I don't think it's as bad as the, uh, okay. as, as the Florida one, just because I despise Central Florida. <laughs> Disgusting, dude. I feel you. It's awful. It's awful. All right. Is there, uh, 
Anything else we got to get to? No. Just chilling. It's nice to be back. Took a yeah. week off. Yeah. Dude, Gabby killed it. That was great. Gabby is the best. We need to do another Yeruchia Brother episode. Those are great. Talking about The Office and whatever else. It's just it's fantastic. Oh, I had office questions for Gabby today. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I guess we will talk to you guys next week. Big thanks to Gabby. And uh, go buy some shirt. Oh, before we go, since we were talking about yes. AB, go to About the Fans. Yes, Jordan's rocking it right now. I just ordered a pair of shorts from uh, AB. Um, go get some fours up shirts. Go get a Hemi Butler jersey, or not jersey, yep. but a shirt. Yep. Go support the a boy. Shirt-y. It's a shirtsy. It's a shirtsy. Um, yeah, about the fans, aboutthefans.com. We have some fours up swag there um, and hats, cool hats. So, Dude, I love, I wear my fours up, the one that looks like the seven up logo, but it's fours up. Mm-hmm. I wear that pretty much every day. It's like my favorite shirt now. So we're working on some uh, welcome home Zoe shirts right now too. So yeah, dude, I have a great idea for one. Um, dude, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. So, okay. Well, until next time we love you guys and go Canes. Go Canes.